ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fellas, how is it going tonight? Or should I say young fellas? Because although this is going out on the 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys thread, uh, I do not have before me uh, 50-year-old white guys right now. Y'all look much, uh, much, much younger. This is the Bob Dylan Winterham course at Asheville School. And we're going to have Jeff and Ben jump in later and talk about their favorite Dylan albums and favorite Dylan songs. But right now we're going to turn it over to the teenagers and figure out why the heck they are listening to Bob Dylan. Uh, We've got Levi, Lucas, Mac, Wiley, Nick, and Sasho here from Asheville School. Nick Zuber, let's go to you. Why in the heck did you take the Bob Dylan Winterham course? Um, I picked Bob Dylan because I thought it was the most interesting thing out of all of the options. And I uh, like music already. And I like like old rock music from when my dad was a kid and okay. even before that. So I guess I wanted to learn more about Bob Dylan. All right. Sounds good. Now out of the... Out of the six of you, who who do we think knew the least about Bob Dylan before this? I might have. I just know just a couple songs, like like Rolling Stone. Uh huh. I don't really know anything else about him. Okay, Mac, do you think you knew the most about Bob Dylan? The most. I I don't really know how what level everybody else is on, so I, I wouldn't say I knew the most. I'd say. I've listened to a lot of Bob Dylan, though, just from my parents, and I definitely know a lot about Bob Dylan and from his class and from prior knowledge. Well, here's what we're doing for the folks at home who are trying to uh, to keep up. What what the kids did is they did a deep dive into seven of Bob Dylan's albums. We didn't look at his entire career, but we did look at some pretty big moments throughout his career, and. Uh, each week we took on two different albums we tried to listen to them three times picked out our favorite songs picked out our favorite lyrics and and tried to figure out the access point for a teenager in 2021 so if you want to play along at home here are the seven albums that we were thinking about we have the freewheeling bob dylan we have uh bringing it all back home highway 61 revisited Blonde on Blonde, Blood on the Tracks, Desire, and Time Out of Mind. So if you want to pause the podcast right now, you could think about how you would rank those seven albums, because that's what I forced these kids to do. And you pick your top five songs from those seven albums. In third place, Desire. (laughs) 
That is Hurricane, which kicks off Desire. And Desire comes in third place based on all your voting. Lucas Allen, what'd you think of this album, Desire? And why'd you give it such high marks? Uh, I thought it was just like really catchy overall. And it was like not a lot of songs, but they were like really long. But they're all like pretty good. And his uh, his lyrics in those songs, I think, are really good, too. And I think I ranked it second, yeah. but I liked it a lot. Great. And as far as favorite songs, Chuck, you had Hurricane as your second favorite. Why, why, is that, why does that particular song reach out to you? Uh, well, I mean, like... If you see my first is Tangled Up in Blue, but yeah, I put Hurricane as my second. Even though Hurricane, I feel like is the most catchy, uh-huh. in my opinion. Um, I still ranked it as one of my favorites, but number two is because, I don't know, I feel like it was just very overplayed. Oh, so that's a song that you've already heard a bunch of times in your life. Yeah. Interesting. It's also not very folky. I mean, where where have Bob Dylan's folk roots gone in 1976? At this point, like he's he's like going back and forth between rock and folk, and or he's mixing them in his albums. So I guess it's just a point where he wanted to do some more rock music. I could not hold on to her very long So I cut off my hair and I rode straight away For the wild unknown country where I could not go wrong I came to a high place of darkness and light The biting light ran through the center of town I hitched up my pony to a post on the right Went into a laundry and I washed my clothes down You all are teenagers in the year 2021. Who are contemporary singers who construct a narrative in the way that Dylan does? Who, who are the rappers or the singers out there who are telling stories throughout their songs in the way that Dylan seems to do like what three or four times on each album. He's, he's giving us a new story. Uh, I think a big one is J Cole for sure. J Cole. Does? Oh yeah. I think he tells a lot of stories throughout his albums. Cool. All right. Any listeners out there who know J Cole, you're down with what Mac is saying. 
I am not. Name one song by J. Cole. Anyone? For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only? All right. I'm looking that up. Well, let's move on. So Desire comes in third. And in most articles, on most websites, in most conversations, when people talk about Bob Dylan albums, they are talking about... um, two specific albums as being the absolute best do you know which two are most often talked about as bob dylan's best albums is one of them um, blood on the tracks one of them is blood on the tracks blonde on blonde and the other is blonde on blonde excellent that's the big debate which is bob dylan's strongest album well the next album that you have chosen is blood on the tracks but we did not choose blonde on blonde as his best album so we're gonna have to hold off to figure out what you all think is his best album but as far as that debate between blood on the tracks and blonde on blonde you all come squarely down with his 1975 recording in second place blood on the tracks So Meet Me in the Morning, uh, that is a song that I never thought teenagers would gravitate towards. Four of you put it in your top five all-time favorite songs. Wiley, you put it as your your most favorite Dylan song. Tell me why this song. How did this song hit you? Uh, I'm just a big fan of the blues uh, sound. Uh, I, I just really like this song. So, uh, you know, it's a lot different from plenty of other songs that from him. Yep. And uh, I just put it as my favorite. Cool. Not a folk ballad. He's got a great guitar riff on it. Really great song. Uh, here's another one from Blood on the Tracks. The sun was shining I was laying in bed Wondering if she'd changed it all If her hair was still red Her folks, they said our lives together Sure was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress Papa's bank book wasn't big enough And I was standing on the side of the road Rain falling on my shoes Heading out for the east coast Lord knows I paid some dues Getting through when you go 
on your cross-country road trip across the United States of America, which at some point in your 20s you will do, you have to be playing Tangled Up in Blue at some point. Correct? Chuck, that was your favorite song. Tell me why. Like you said, I don't know, it just brings out the American in me, I guess. I like I like the I really do like the poetic side he really talks about on the on this song too. Yes. And I think just even the name just brings a lot of attention to like tangled up in blue. Yeah. Did you guys give Joni Mitchell a listen yet? Any Joni Mitchell? Did you go listen to blue? No. All right. That's for your homework for next time. Uh, Sasha, you also have one of your favorite songs on this. your fingertips I like the way that you move your hips I like the cool way you look at me everything about you is bringing me misery Sasha, what, what do you think? Why is that? Why is that song jump out at you? I think the um the groove is just so nice, and this song is like really easy to listen to, just because of like the simplicity of the lyrics, right? Um, and you know the structure too. Um, there's like five five verses, right? And you mm-hmm. know each one, it's sort of like the same structure structure going on. And I just love the guitar sound and the bass sound on this one. Um, I think the reason why, though, it's my favorite is because it's more on the, like, it's more on the relatable side than okay. the impressive side. Because, you know, like, his other stuff sure is impressive, but, like, I wouldn't go back to listen to it myself. But this song is the one that I'm always going to be going back to. That's really cool. Now, you're a piano player. Yes. And this seems like a very um, particular, meticulous guitar riff, the way he's picking yeah. at his guitar. Do you play guitar as well? Yeah, I mean, I play a little, but apparently not as well as the guitarist on this one. <laughs> well, I just love that a piano player is, uh, is, is not a snob and can look at other instruments with appreciation. Oh, yeah. I mean, guitar, <laughs> like guitarists can be so cool. Yeah. And so much cooler than us. But <laughs> um, Nick, Nick Zuber, I wanted you to talk about the album as a whole and and why this ranks so highly for, for all of you. I, I liked it a lot because it was one of the albums that had a lot of enjoyable songs to listen to. They, like they sound, they all sounded good and they sounded like nice, but they all like all of them had a deeper meaning. And if you really listen to the lyrics and you read it, you can see like how it's about his heartbreak because of uh-huh. his wife. It's not, they aren't divorced yet. Right. Right. But they're struggling. Uh, I think, I think at some point they separate um, and they're, they're trying to figure out if, if there's a path forward for them. Yeah. And one of the songs, my favorite song was um, Idiot Wind. And yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah. It was one of the songs that he was, it was like, he was super angry with his wife. He was Mm -hmm. mad at her. But the way he was singing that song, he sounded very calm. And like in the chorus, he Mm -hmm. says, you're an idiot. It's a wonder that you still know how to breathe. I'm like, that's just, that's mean. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's play a little bit of that real quick. Someone's got it in for me. They're planting stories in the press. Whoever it is, I wish they cut it out quick. But when they will, I can only guess. They say I shot a man named Gray and took his wife to Italy. She inherited a million bucks. And when she died, it came to me. I can't help it if I'm lucky. So good. Ben's going to be on in a, in a couple minutes and he'll tell you about the, uh, the lyrics from that particular song that just got him every single time. Um, and when Ben and Jeff come on, remember they are musical snobs. So just try to meet them where they are. Let them have their um, highfalutin ways. That's the way I've been dealing with them on our podcast. And all right, guys, that's uh, Ben Barton. That's Jeff Simons. Uh, Hi everyone. We're we're getting the whole band back together. This is great. So uh, Jeff and Ben, what we've done is we've looked at these seven albums, and then we've ranked them, and based on a scoring system, we've come up with the top three. We've already covered the third most favorite album, and that was Desire. Coming in second is Blood on the Tracks. And I will prepare the two of you that Blonde on Blonde is not the number one. It should be Blood on the Tracks. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think Blood on the Tracks is the number one. But, but I'm um, willing to hear number one, though. I'm open. Me too. It what do you got? Was, it, Blood on the Tracks was number one uh, until about 45 minutes before the podcast well, when someone's votes came in and <laughs> moved the needle just enough. Um, Ben Barton, what's the lyric from Idiot Wind that, that you quoted in 1975 that's just a killer line about his divorce? Blood on the saddle? I mean, there's, there's yeah, multiple what he, ones. What does he say? Blood on the saddle? Oh. Yeah. You're not ready to quote it. At I'm not ready to quote it for you. Sorry. Okay. One day you'll be in a ditch, flies buzzing around your eyes, blood on your saddle, I believe is the whole thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. That's that that's a marriage that's not going well thinking that's... of you comma <laughs> all right so real quick i know you guys don't have a ton of time uh, jeff simons out of those seven albums you're going with blood on the tracks number one well i would say i i i, I think blood on the tracks is the best one and it's my favorite you could make an argument that the most influential one of the bunch is highway 61 because it has Like a Rolling Stone, which is the longest number one single of all time, I believe to this day. Um, It reinvents, it takes folk music and fully electrifies it. It's the first record where it's a full band on every track. Um, Desolation Rose, 11 and a half minutes long. Like the idea of what a rock song can be uh, gets blown completely out by that record. So if you wanted to make an an argument for most influential i think you could say it's highway 61 but highway 61 was recorded so quickly the piano is so desperately out of tune on side (laughs) two 
Is it really? Uh, and I, yeah, and I prefer some of the live versions from the '66 uh, live, sh like the the live show that followed that tour that went to England. Um, so right, right, for right. me, if I'm gonna, if I'm only allowed to listen to one Dylan record, um, it's gonna be uh, tracks. Okay, and just to, within a year and what three months, he records bringing it all back home, Highway 61 revisited, and Blonde on Blonde. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty amazing 15 months. Side two of Bringing It All Back Home was recorded in a day. Oh. That's one day. He gets Gates of Eden, It's All Right, Ma, uh, what is it, Tambourine Man, and uh, Baby Blue in all an done. afternoon. Not bad. Good afternoon. It's a good day. Uh, ben Barton, what's your pick for number one? Is it also Blood on the Tracks? Yeah, and I'll do a less technical version of why it's Blood on the Tracks. So basically, Blood on the Tracks is the most raw and personal. Uh -huh. like, uh, the, the, the songs are beautiful, and especially that, that transition period, the Highway 61 period, where he's doing like, he's really, really, really getting into sort of the lyrics writing is super complicated, and they're not even stories or like pastiches and stuff. But the thing I like about, and this I, I would assume would translate to young people as well, is a miserable breakup is a miserable breakup. Like everybody knows what that's like. Like heartbreak is heartbreak is heartbreak is heartbreak. And that record just cries out to me personally. Like yeah. just his pain through that. Oh, oh. All right. Uh, you got to pick, um, give me two favorite songs. Jeff Simons. Favorite out of, Dylan out of songs? This, no, out of this seven album period. Oh, period. Uh, I'll go with Idiot Win from Tracks. And I'll yeah, go Nick's with, Uber. uh, God, backup track. Uh, I'll go with Visions of Johanna from Blonde on Blonde. Oh, that's yeah. a great one. All right, Ben Barton. I'm going to go, I'm not, not going to choose one from Blonde on the Tracks. I'm going to go okay. Love Minus Zero. Oh, it's okay. It's a beautiful love song. And then I'm going to go uh, Love Sick. So I'm going to do the, the two bookends of it. I'm going to do the falling in love one and then the lovesick one where he's like, I'm an old man and I hate everything. <laughs> and I've, got, I've got a five minute song about that. So you're going with lovesick. Uh, gentlemen, do you have any questions as these Dylan experts are here? Uh, any questions that have come up that you want to ask them? Dylanologists. Dylanologists is what they are. Yeah. Nerds is the other easier word to remember. Why Dylan? That's a good question. <laughs> like, like, why do we like? Besides the point of why you like his lyrics and his music, obviously, and the sound of it, maybe it speaks to you somehow. Like, is there a specific reason of why you like how he speaks or what he speaks about? Maybe. Oh, I love that question. That's a great one. Yeah, it's a great question. You go first, Ben. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's really hard. He's like. Um, basically, if you go in like the history of, of the U.S., like, there's like there's Elvis and then there's the Beatles and then there's Dylan and Dylan's his own thing. He's like this, like like there's a, a persona that comes along with the music. And the thing that's super funny is that he's not our age. I mean, he's my parents age and, yeah. and just parents age and Tim's parents age. But there's something really universal about his like disconnect, his poetry, how he uh how he presents himself. Um, and there's actually like, if you wanted to be unkind about it, there's something kind of negative about it. Like 
he could be kind of a mean and cruel person. And the fact that his persona is what drives it is a little bit worrisome. Um, if you wanted to be negative about it, if you want to be positive about it, he's like, he really, in my opinion, he is really one of the great American poets and one of the great American artists. Like he's on the list with, um, you know, Faulkner and Walt Whitman. And, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Don McLean described him as uh, the jester sang for the king and queen in a coat he borrowed from James Dean in a voice that came from you and me. And I'm not a big fan of American Pie, but he gets Dylan pretty great in those three lines. Like anybody, uh, Dylan is the promise that anybody who has a good idea can figure out a way to communicate it. He's not a gifted singer. He's not a, a classically trained musician, but he, he willed himself to be a great communicator <laughs> yeah. through his art. <laughs> I think that's incredibly inspiring that if you have something to, to say and you want to figure out how to do it, if you're willing to put in the hours, you could probably get there. Like, I think that's important about him. And the mean-spiritedness, like, I see him more as a trickster figure than a mean-spirited figure. Like, he's, for me, he's in the American tradition of H.L. Mencken and the other, like, and Mark Twain. Like, he's a pot stirrer. He's a person who looks at the way things are and says, why are they the way they, why are things the way they are? Why do they have to be that way? What if they were different? What if we had a different sensibility? What if we had a different sound for the way we spoke? We had a different sound for the way we listened to things. What if we decided to believe things different from what other people believed, right? And I, I think that's a really important, powerful uh, American tool of reinvention that gets lost if you, don't, if you don't fight for it. Like it's really easy to just grow up and do what they tell you. It's a lot harder to grow up and not do what they tell you. And it's even harder to grow up and figure out a whole other different way of understanding growing up. And that's Dylan. That's why I love him. Good stuff. Not only a pot stirrer, but a, a pot smoker as well. <laughs> Another fringe benefit. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's real quick. I'm not going to let you guys go yet until we hear a little bit of lovesick because you still have not told us what came in number one. Is that number one? Because what came in number one, ladies and gentlemen, was Time Out of Mind. Oh, Timmy! By Bob That's your Dylan. influence for sure. Here we go. In first place, Time Out of Mind. I'm walking Through the streets that I did Walking Walking with you in my head My feet are so tired my brain is so wide And the clouds are weeping Well, he really keeps us hanging on there with that Oh, next. yeah. So, Chuck, you have that listed as your fourth favorite all-time Dylan song. Wiley, you've got it as your fourth favorite. Now, Ben is old, so it makes sense that it's one of his favorites. Why? Why did you guys gravitate towards that song wiley chuck 
Um, I mean, I really like the lyrics of it as well as the sound. Uh, just a more mellow song. Yeah, definitely. Chuck, what was your thought? I'm going to be honest. I like the song and like I've listened to it, but I really just liked it because I thought it sounded good. Just the sound. Daniel Lenoir coming in as the producer. Um, Jeff, did, did Dylan and Daniel Lenoir get along? I, I actually, I don't know, like a little bit and a little bit not, right? Like yeah. there's a whole part of Chronicles where he's pissed off at him <laughs> making no mercy, but he saved his career twice. He better like him, <laughs> but he's probably cantankerous enough to hate the fact that he needed Lenoir to save his career twice. Yeah. I don't know. So it's fascinating. We go back. Uh, I, I should let you all know that I put time out of mind on as, as an extra because it's like, oh, we've got seven Winterham classes. I need seven albums. What should be the seventh? And I, there was John Wesley Harding uh, back along. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I like Time Out of Mind, even though what he's 57 when he's recording it. So I love the fact that you guys picked this as your favorite. No, Is I think cause... Chuck crushed it too. It's the most uh, of these records. I mean, it, like... Uh... A lot of the track sounds kind of modern, but I mean, this is the one that sounds most modern. This is the one that still has the instrumentation that you can recognize. Okay. I mean, the 60s ones, especially the ones before Blonde on Blonde, really, right. really, really sound old. Like in my yeah, I agree with that. They sound older than records recorded at the same time. Like Beatles records don't sound as old as those records sound old. They've aged, they've aged a lot. Well, here's the other song from time out of mind that you all spoke of when the rain is blowing in your face and the world is on your case I could offer you a warm embrace to make you feel my shadows and the stars appear and there is no one there to dry your tears I could hold you for a million years to make you feel my love Sasha let's turn it over to you what Time out of mind. Why did this uh, album speak to you? I think, um, yeah, like how it's modern is one of the biggest reasons, of course. Like you can hear some of the huge delays um, on the album. And I think it's just super funny because when I think Bob Dylan, like before listening to this, uh -huh. I, wouldn't, I, like, I wouldn't expect to hear like such a sound on his album. Um, but also, like, I think the lyrics are just way more, like, first-person oriented rather than, like, storytelling mm. on this one. I think he is just really speaking about everything he's feeling at the moment. Um, and I think as an artist, that's something that speaks to me, I guess. That's really cool. Well put. All right, I'm going to have... 
not dark yet. Play us out. By the way, he was 57 when that record came out. Did you think he was older? How old is he now? I know. I know. I thought he was. Well, I mean, Highland sounds like he's like got one leg in the grave. He's 57. He's 81 now, right? Yeah. He's my mom's age, man. Bob Dylan. I, if you yeah, want to hear something really modern, you should. Did, have, did y'all listen to any of the stuff off the record from last year? No, we, we oh. didn't get to it. Oh, it's super good. You really should. Well, There's well, like 20 minute mumbling songs. I, I strongly say, recommend it. If I you're know. a fan of mumbling, and Lord knows nobody loves mumbling more than I do, that's the, the record for you. <laughs> they they were out on the 16 minute long Highlands. So I, I didn't want to. Is it a 22 minute song about JFK's murder? It's not oh, about yeah, that. But... It's just him mumbling. It's literally like, here's some stuff I remember. And then here's yeah. some other stuff I remember. And then another thing happened that I remember. <laughs> it so really good. is. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's got to be a one take. Like I know. And I say that like that's bad, but it wasn't bad at all. It was great. Yeah. All right. To the, to, the, to the young men in the class, final takeaway. Uh, I want to hear what your response is when someone says, oh, I don't like Bob Dylan. Or, oh, I can't stand his voice. Or uh, why are you listening to that? Go ahead, give me a give me a pithy, smart response when you get blowback for being Dylan fans. Or, or you could just say yeah <laughs> when Mr. Plain's not around. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got it? It's okay. I can cut out all the delays. Don't worry. I mean, usually I'd probably go for the yeah. But, you know, in a, if I were to say, I, you know, he doesn't, that person might not know Bob Dylan. You know, they didn't look into his history and what he did for America. And, you know, all the things that he accomplished and how unique he is as an artist. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Step off. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyone else? Well... I feel like there's not not all music is for everybody, but I think um, there would there might be a lot of people that might like Bob Dylan or like at least one song by Bob Dylan. They just don't know because they don't listen to him a lot. But I think it's okay to not like Bob Dylan, and it's okay to like Bob Dylan. So I think it's I don't know. Everyone has their own taste, and other people's tastes are often wrong that's also true this is generous i love how kind you guys are i always break out that well you know i mean not everyone's a poet not everyone recognizes art you get to do your thing that's fine they're all equal you know i mean some people know good things and other people don't you know whatever mcdonald's is the number one restaurant in america you know that says a lot all right i'm gonna have bob dylan play us out with not dark yet which to Ben's point, like I, I thought he was dying. I thought he was on death's door. <laughs> um, but we got uh, fan mail for our podcast, and so I figured if that fan is listening, um, this was this was his favorite song out of time out of mind. Peace out, y'all. Well done, thank you, friends. See y'all. Good luck, uh, all you guys in the spring. Appreciate Great it. Thank you. Thank right. you. Bye. Thank you.
Shadows are falling And I've been here all day It's too hot to sleep And time is running away Feel like my soul has Turned into steel I've still got the scars At the Sunday night There's not even room enough To be anywhere It's not dark Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.